Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Calling all young Republicans, it's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guide, Brett White. And this week, I'm joined by Ari Scott. Hello, Ari. Hi. Thanks for coming all the way out to Queens. Well, thank you. Actually, it wasn't too long a trip. I just came from <laughs> Long Island, so it wasn't so bad. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, this week, we are doing something totally, well, not totally different. It's still a sitcom, but we're flipping the script, and it's one that I don't really have that much familiarity with. Uh, this week, we're traveling to January 26, 1984. Terms of Endearment ruled the box office, Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes topped the charts, and Family Ties aired Say Uncle. Ari, you must have seen Say Uncle before. I have probably seen it several times. I've seen every <laughs> episode of Family Ties, and some more than once. So yeah. yes, I had I have seen it before. This, I've somehow, I mean, Family Ties was on for a long time. It's like it, eight years? It was, I want to say seven seasons. I, I want to say it was 82 to 89. Yeah. So it started fall of 89 to, I guess, I guess the 88, 89 season. I don't know. What is that? Seven? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I missed, I missed it. Like, of course, I of course knew that it was on and yeah, existed. And right. I also knew Michael J. Fox. Cause like as a kid, I think all kids love Michael J. Fox. Oh, I love, I still love him so much. Yeah. If love you're born him. in the 70s or 80s, you just, like, oh. love him. Like, Back to the Future was my favorite film trilogy as a kid. I watched it all the time. Back to the Future is one of my, I want to say it's in my top five favorite yeah. movies of all time. And I knew that he was on Family Ties, but we just yeah. didn't watch it as a family when I was a kid. And I'm trying to, it's weird, like, before you can make your own viewing decisions, you're really ruled by, like, what your parents or older siblings want to watch. And if they didn't watch it, I didn't watch Interesting. it. Interesting. <laughs> well, I, it's funny. I was the oldest, and my parents didn't watch sitcoms, so I think I just kind of watched... You just latched onto I, it? Just, like, you know, with my <laughs> friends. I actually specifically remember being in fourth grade, and I remember this. Uh, Cosby Show and Family Ties were on Thursday nights. Yeah. Cosby was at 8, Family Ties was at 8.30 for a while. Um and uh, I remember, so it aired on Thursday nights. And I remember, like on Friday mornings, we would like the kids in the class. We'd all be talking about the oh, show. It was like, like, like the water cooler water version cooler, of like juice fourth box grade. Cooler, yeah, juice box but I remember that it was like. So I guess you know I was influenced by you know what my friends were talking about, of course, and you know the the you know teen magazines and oh, yeah. who's hot and who's you know. How old is Alex P. Keaton? Like, we watched season two episode. Like, is he still in high school? High school. Does he go to, he goes off to college at some yes, point? Yes, he goes okay. off to college at some point. I believe he was, I think in the episode we just watched, which was uh, episode 14 of season two, I think he was, I think Fox is still 23. Or okay. he's 22. I think he turned 
His birthday is June 9th. I want to say 61. So I think he was 22. <laughs> but he was playing a high school student. Yeah. yeah. He, go, he does go to college at some point. Yeah. At some point, like, it, it, during the series, he... Um, makes the decision, you know, of course he weighs his options and obviously he chooses to go to college nearby so he can stay at home. So he yeah, can so. be on the show. <laughs> but no, at this point he's still in high school. He's, he's so he's like 22 playing a, I don't know, six, six, seven, 17. Wow, maybe. Yeah. I think he can drive, you know, he's like, a, he maybe he's a junior or senior. So yeah, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Family Ties episode Say Uncle. It's, like you said, the 14th episode of season two. It was written by Ruth Bennett and directed by Will McKenzie. Very thorough research. Yeah. Here is how iTunes describes the episode. Alex is devastated when he discovers his uncle has a drinking problem. That's pretty accurate, I would say. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's the show. This That's the episode. Very, this was a what is called a very special episode. Oh, yeah, it was, it was super special. I wanted to, I mean, you suggested doing Family Ties. I was like, yeah, this covers an area of sitcoms I haven't talked about yet, which is the family-oriented sitcom, and but then also Double Whammy special episode. The special episode and the guest star the super cameo. Guest star. God, Tom, Tom Hanks. He's Tom Hanks. As so, Uncle Ned. Yeah. Oh, and that, that, was, uh, that was definitely interesting watching. I've never seen... I think I watched an episode of Bosom Buddies in college when I took a I took a history of sitcoms class in oh, college. That fun. <laughs> and I think we watched an episode of Bosom Buddies. Uh, so I'm still like I've not really seen you know sitcom era Tom Hanks. Right. Because like looking him up, he was on a bunch of sitcoms like guest roles, yeah. and he was on three episodes of Family Ties as Uncle Ned. And so yeah, so interesting. Okay, so the episode we just watched, uh, Say Uncle, where he has a drinking problem. This was actually the third time he had been on yeah. Family Ties. He had been on a, a double episode earlier. I, I want to say it was the first season. I think, yeah, it seems like season Where one the, finale. The FBI is after him. He oh. shows up. <laughs> I haven't seen this episode in a while, but I read about it again. He shows up at the Keaton's house and the FBI is on his trail because he, he like, and, and they did, by the way, they did um, go over this briefly in this episode yeah, just to remind okay. the audience. Okay. But I think uh, Ned... Uh, stole a, he took a bunch of money for his company or embezzled it, but he did it with like good intentions. Like he did it so someone else couldn't yeah. do it. Something it was something like he did something bad, but he had good intentions. <laughs> and the FBI is after him, and he's like hiding out at the Keaton's house. And then at the end of that double episode, I think they f they got him. And then there was like no other mention no. of him yeah. until this episode when he comes back so, and his. The dad has an interview ready for him. Well, like, Ned's coming to visit, and Alex, like, wallpapered the parents' bedroom with his resume, with the, Ned's resume. Right. Just like, get him a job, get him a job so right. he can live near us. Uh, and then yeah. he does mention offhandedly all that business about the embezzlement right. and stuff. Just to remind the audience. Yeah. Did the question of Ned's past come up? Of course it came up, Elise. I couldn't tell Wurtz that Ned just arrived from the planet Xenon. <laughs> sure beats telling him he embezzled four and a half million dollars from his last job. Come on, Mom, he did not embezzle anything. He didn't make a penny from that. He simply hid that money in the computer to prevent a merger that would put a lot of people out of work. It, it was an act of conscience. One man's act of conscience is another man's felony, Alex. And watching it as a yeah. first-time viewer, I was like, whoa, Alex P. Keaton knows a lot about, like, financial oh. crime and stuff. He's an... We could just... We could talk, We could spend hours talking about just Alex P. Keaton and what he knows uh, and how much I loved him so much. I, but, um, yeah, yeah. He, know, he knows a lot about business. I'm super yeah. fascinated by that because the one thing I've known about it is that the premise of the show is, like, uh, like flower power generation parents right. uh, having a, I don't know if he's like a yuppie, but he's a young Republican right. son 
Uh, and that's like the thing I've always known about it, which doesn't really come up at all in this episode. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, yeah, so the initial, the premise of the show, initially, we could talk about this too, because I think it's interesting. Yeah. Initially, the show was supposed to center around the parents. Meredith uh, Baxter she Bernie, got top billing, I noticed. Meredith Baxter gets top billing. At the time, she was Meredith Baxter Bernie, so I might refer to her as that, but yeah. now she's Meredith Baxter. Um, but the show was supposed to center around her and, um, and Michael Gross, who plays Stephen Keaton. So the, it was supposed to really be about the parents, from what I understand. Um, I might have even read this in. I read um, one of Michael J. Fox's books. I think maybe two of them. So I might have gotten this from one of his books or some book. <laughs> A scholar um, of Michael J. Fox. Yes. <laughs> but the show was supposed to center on them. Like, they were the stars. And, so, and then very quickly, um, I don't know how soon into the show they realized this, but the producers realized, like, oh, my God, Michael J. Fox is, like, is really good. The star of the he's show. He's obviously the star of the show. And this is pre. This is pre Teen Wolf. This is pre Back to the Future. So he's not a movie star yet, but he was so good in this role. He was so perfectly cast, and he was so and he stole every scene. So I think they very quickly were like, we need to make this show more centered around not even just the kids, but Alex. Yeah, because Teeny Teeny Gathers and Justine Bateman. Yes, they always, they're not even. They're hardly in this they're episode. Hardly, there are. I will say there are. A lot of other episodes where, you know, they'll, it'll be centered around Mallory. Okay, it'll good. be centered around Jennifer. Like, there are other shows, episodes where it is centered around other people. Um, and, yes, the initial, the, the premise was supposed to be these former hippie, former flower children, people, adults who are now in their 30s. Um, they're supposed to clash with not not just Alex, but I think all the kids. Like, Alex is, yes, young, young Republican, obsessed with money and business. Mallory is obsessed with... Uh, boys in fashion and looks. Oh. And then Jennifer was more just like a normal kid. I don't know. Yeah, she, she's, she's the youngest one, right? She was almost like the the wise one of the okay. family. Like she's like the voice of reason. <laughs> I wanted to point out that like but both um all the fashion on the episode still seems surprisingly like relevant or has come back. Like that sweater vest Alex B. Keaton wears is like I want oh, that yeah. sweater vest. <laughs> and like uh the dad Steven is wearing like a cool corduroy jacket yeah. and like plaid shirt. Even like Tom Hanks is wearing like a cool purple Henley. Yeah, and, like cool like, jeans. It's all like, like weird. I honestly I think when we look back, God, we could do a whole other oh, podcast <laughs> about this. When we look back to the eighties, I think, and we remember fashion, like I don't know if you ever see like, you know, Modern day college kids do their like eighties parties. Oh yeah, and they all wear like the same fluorescent it's shirts. A- acid side wash, I like, was an eighties person for Halloween, and I wore that kind of typical eighties. Yeah. But that wasn't really what most people no. were wearing. I mean, I'm looking at this Cheers poster on my wall, yeah, and like they all look like they could exist today yeah. for the most part. Even like yeah. it almost looks like an Urban Outfitters poster in some weird way. Yeah, it wasn't like <laughs> you know people weren't dressed at. You know, we didn't, people weren't wearing like these crazy yeah. Madonna clothes. I'm also more familiar with Jason Bateman. So when I see Justine Bateman, right. I just see like Michael Bluth or like, oh, it, yeah. they, they look so similar to me like that. that like, it's like, oh, it's, it's so, yeah. And also therefore she looks like a 30 year old person, but also I think 80s teenagers just generally look older than, and they were probably played and by, and they're also played and by, I'm, I'm not sure how old she was in, in this, <laughs> but yeah, so the original, the show was supposed to be about. Yes, the parents clashing, and and I'm sure in the pilot, I can't remember the pilot, but I'm sure that was like a part of the pilot. And yeah. then, like any other show, as it goes on, it's not really discover, about ooh, that this anymore. Guy. There's just there may you know, there's little elements of like 
the clash. And so, like, this episode, yeah, this episode starts with Ned coming into town and them, like, wanting to get him a job. Uh, he comes in immediately, like, they, this is really good, um, like, we, we, we both work on, we're on a sketch team together, so we know about sketch writing, and right. they always say, like, you know, you want to get to the game or your first beat by the end of page one. Right. Just get it out there. And Tom Hanks shows up, and, like, the first thing he says is, like, where's your beer? Right. <laughs> like, oh, good. Well, here I am. Huh? Let's celebrate, huh? Alex, you got any beers? Yeah, yeah sure. Right. And I have a right. beer. And it's like, oh, there you go. That's the game. Right. Of course we don't, but it's not a pro. We don't see it as a problem just no, yet. No, not yet. Ned no. asks for a beer. He's like, where's your beer? He takes a six pack and then removes one, gives the, gives back the one and says, okay, I'm drinking these five. <laughs> so we're like, okay, that's a little weird. It's but <laughs> it's not, we don't see it as a huge problem because it's not immediately discussed. They go yeah. on to other business and talk about the job the first act um is kind of the only act of the episode or like the first half of the first act is the only act of the episode that is comedy that's like light in tone right because we get um the youngest daughter is playing clarinet right right that's like, like the b story it's, it's like, like horrible Jennifer's clarinet playing is bad <laughs> and there's like some good jokes in that um there's a really good moment when uh, she comes in and she's like, hey, can I play clarinet? And the rest of the family is behind her and they just start motioning like, no, don't do it, don't do it. And then she turns around and they all like start miming like, no, I was actually like right. playing with my hair or something. My favorite one of that is Stephen. Um, he grabs the teapot yeah. and starts pouring fake and that, tea. Yeah, fake tea. <laughs> um, it's really, and that's a really good moment. I, I marked there in my notes, like, they have really good family chemistry. Yeah. Like, they all seem very at ease with each other and yeah. as being a family. Which is, of course, essential if you're going to be a family yeah. sitcom. Yeah, no one's ever really fighting for that for that long. Yeah, yeah. And but then after that, the there's a really crazy transition which you remarked when we were watching that like it goes from being a normal episode and then like they kind of they don't like smash cut but they like hard dissolve to late night the kitchen pitch black Tom Hanks staring at an empty like thing of whiskey mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's and then like Alex yeah. like just like shambling like to, to, to the fridge to get something yeah it's like super it starts that scene starts off very creepy because yeah Tom Hanks's character is sitting there in the dark <laughs> the dark Alex comes in uh, first of all I love how I think just about every 80s sitcom there's somebody at going to the fridge at night and getting like an entire meal yeah. to eat at like so gets, two in the morning. Like he every drops show, something too. Yeah, you think he drops some salami. <laughs> like every show has like somebody eating in the middle of the night, like a meal or like yeah. a cake. A full meal. It's such it's a good visual. Never I've never in my life gotten up and eaten something in the middle of the night. But every show yeah, has me that. Either. Um so yeah, so that yeah, so that moment Alex doesn't see him right away and then Ned says the, to me, the most memorable line of the whole episode, because I remember it so well, he goes, it's like silence. And then he goes, Hungry Alex! <laughs> and Alex jumps. And and actually, this episode is really good. Um, a good example of Michael J. Fox's great uh, physical, oh, yeah. physical comedy. Um, he jumps and drops all his sandwich stuff. And then we get like a tour de force like kind of dram- very dramatic felt very stage play like very yeah, dramatic yeah two-hander between tom hanks and michael j fox like movie superstars yeah. pop culture icons did they ever do movies together 
Um, oh, that's a good question. So. I should have looked on, you, you can check on IMDb because yeah. I, I should have looked. I actually just, just uh, saw a picture of the two of them together at a last fall um, at some like event or Aww. fundraiser or something. Maybe it was a fundraiser for Parkinson's. I forget, but they were in the picture together. And Aww, I was like, oh, so they're still friends. Because <laughs> it was, it hit me every time they shared a scene of like, this is a big deal. Like, yeah. it, maybe not the time. Um, well, yeah, interestingly, at the time, because I was looking at the dates of when, like, when 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 Hanks became a movie yeah. star, when Bach, this is before Splash. Yeah, so I Splash noted that Splash came out in March of '84, so I think he had already filmed it. Yeah, um, I noted in my trivia section that this is in between Bosom Buddies, which ran from '80 80 to '82, but is before his first film, Splash. Yeah, his he first did do that role. that TV movie, Mazes and Monsters, about Dungeons and Dragons, like yeah. right before this, I think. So, yeah. that, but that's a TV movie, and it's also horrible. I, I watched saw it. it. <laughs> but yeah, this is pre movie star Hanks, and this is pre like I said, this is um, uh, eight months before Fox filmed Teen Wolf. Did he film Teen Wolf in the of our summer hiatus, or was he doing double duty? I I will explain that because I know. Yeah. Um, by the way, I used to write for Story <laughs> Notes on AMC, which was like pop up trivia, and I was assigned to Teen Wolf. So I that did must all have been this a dream, Wolf a dream reason. job. <laughs> like that's it was <laughs> a research I'm, Teen Wolf. I'm still pissed that uh, AMC canceled Story Notes. Um, I'm, I'm really pissed cause I, I really like that job. So yes, I, I did Teen Wolf story notes. Um, so Michael J. Fox was filming family ties. Uh, Teen Wolf filmed from like, I think August to like October of 84. And the only reason he was able to do it is because Meredith Baxter went on maternity leave. Oh. So Family Ties stopped filming for like, I don't know, six weeks, I think. Wow. So I think it like, it lined up perfectly. They wanted Fox to be in Teen Wolf. She was just, just happened to be going on maternity leave. I think it lasted six weeks. I think filming took six weeks. Um, and then, so that's why he did Teen Wolf. And then Back to the Future came right after that. And well, that's a whole other story. But that was like, about. he was doing, he was like, she was working nights and weekends to do Back to the Future. So yeah, initially, so even before Teen Wolf, uh, the producers of Back to the Future really wanted Fox because I think at this point he's like a big enough TV yeah. star. They're like he's very talented. We want him. And they went to uh, Gary David Goldberg. They didn't even go to Fox. They went to the Family Ties <laughs> yeah. guy and said, "Can we please have him for our movie?" And Goldberg was like, "No, I can't let him out." This, so this is before the maternity leave stuff happened. Yeah. So he said no. They were like, "Fine." They got Eric Stoltz. Which you wrote a sketch about on our team. I remember that. I wrote a whole sketch about <laughs> yeah. Eric Stoltz still holding a grudge. <laughs> Which like, is definitely uh, true. Not yeah. <laughs> um, yes, the guy Eric Stoltz didn't work out because he was too intense. Uh, he's very talented. He just didn't have, like, the comedic chops. And meanwhile, Fox is filming Teen Wolf. They're already filming. Like, they have started Back to the Future yeah. with Stoltz while he's doing Teen Wolf. Oh, my God. At one point, Fox, <laughs> this is from his book. At one point, he actually looked down the street at one point. He was filming Teen Wolf. And he saw the the crew of, like, he saw, like, Back to the Future being filmed. He was very close. They were filming very <laughs> close so to each other. And Fox and Michael J. Fox was like, oh, man, I wish I could be in a Spielberg film. Like, I wish I could be in that film. Not even knowing that, oh, that they wanted him. And so so we finished this team because he knows Teen Wolf is like, it's a cute film, but he yeah. knows it's not going to be pretty blockbuster. Rad. Eric Stoltz was let go. And then it just so happened to they went I think they went to Gary David Goldberg again and said they like begged him, please, please. And I think at that point he was he said, I think at that point there was a break coming up in the show anyway. It was like nearing the end yeah. of the season. So he said, okay, fine, but you cannot disrupt his family ties schedule. He's got to do, he's got to film at nights for now, like until the break. 
So so Fox, he got like two hours of sleep a night for a while. That's crazy. And it definitely doesn't show. Yeah. Like that's... No. So he did all the night stuff first. (laughs) And then I think Family Ties went on break and then he did the rest of it. Wow. So, but anyway, but this episode came before any of that happened. So he's not a movie star yet. He's, but he's a, you know, he's a TV star. But you can definitely tell. I also thought like, uh... Because Tom Hanks gets his kid, Ned gets the interview uh, with, does the dad work at a radio station? He works for public television. Oh, okay. Okay. Which there's is, fun to be had there. There's a lot of jokes to be made. Maybe not in this episode, but there have been over the course of the series a lot of um, Alex P. Keaton poking fun at his dad for, and other people like. poking fun at his dad for um, <laughs> working at a public uh, public. Yeah, radio or TV? No, I think it was TV. Because I, I, I equated it in yeah. my head with PBS. You know, I equated it that with makes like... makes sense, yeah. So uh, Ned goes and does an interview, and the interview is a kind of like a slapstick farce. It's a really good showcase for Tom Hanks' physical yeah. comedy, which, like, if you are a fan of, like, Tom Hanks' 90s career and on, you don't think of him as being a slapstick physical comedian. Right. But if you grew up in the 80s, when you first met him like sitcom era Tom Hanks. It's like, of course. Yeah. Uh, he's great. And it is so, you can almost see the other trajectory of Tom Hanks's career where like, if he had gone down the bosom buddies, family ties, like really good guest starring. Like if he yeah. got the Tom Hanks show in like 85, right. <laughs> right. Can, he could have definitely held down a really great sitcom. Yeah. Cause he's so good in this. And the range is all there. He's very terrifying. Yeah. The intensity of his, like, alcoholism scenes are very tense. Yeah, you see what a great dramatic actor he is in in some of this episode. And I went, if the, uh, if the intensity of the alcoholism wasn't hanging over his performance, I think it would be, he would have been like a kooky fun character. Like, if he had just botched that interview because he was like a Kramer style goof up. Right hilarious. Yeah. But when you're watching, you're like, oh, he's saying and doing these things because he's drunk and it's a problem. It makes it not as funny. Yeah. (laughs) And I wonder how the audience is like, they're laughing at it. And it's like, is it like uncomfortable laughter? Yeah. (laughs) I would imagine it it was. Yeah. Because we knew he was drunk, even though he doesn't, it's interesting. I rewatching this, uh, I noticed he doesn't seem drunk at all at the very beginning. No, he, he answers two questions very straightforward yeah. about his former job and where he was. He's very still. And then all of a sudden he whips out the clarinet. He took, you know, he took Jennifer's clarinet from home and is about to blow into it. And then we realize, like, oh, oh no, yeah. He because might be drunk. The scene right before is uh, the mother, Elise is her name? Yeah. Okay, yeah. She doesn't believe like Alex is like he's drunk he got drunk last night it was he drank like maraschino cherries and vanilla extract to try and get a high going a buzz going and she's like no 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 but then Alex goes off to school and she notices that he's pouring vodka in his orange juice and so she confronts him on it and she's like you've been drinking heavily ever since you got here should I be worried about you oh Elise this is your brother Ned you're talking to not some old drunk I don't have any problem with this. I can stop this anytime I want to. Then stop. And then the interview scene happens. So, like, when you start the interview scene, you think, oh, he's not drinking because he just said he wasn't going to. And I thought he was, I don't like, immediately going through withdrawal. I thought that would be the game they would play. It's like withdrawal or, like, his nerves and, like, he just couldn't handle the interview because he was sober. Right. Not the case. No. You learn later he had more to drink. More to drink with Murph Griffin? Not really. No. (laughs) It was a joke. I think, think, yeah, he said he, later he said he drank with a friend, but I think he just did on his own. Uh, So, yeah, he comes back home, and I wanted to note, 
there was a fire going. And I wrote in my notes, Chekhov's fire. Every time a sitcom (laughs) set has a fireplace with a fire in it, you Uh know something's going to get thrown in. Yep. Uh, yeah. There's an episode of Frasier where they, there's like a, um, kind of like a, oh gosh, go set a Watchmen, Harper Lee. There's kind of like a Harper Lee thing where like an author wrote like one book and never did anything else. And this man finally writes a second book, you know, decades later and Frasier and I was like, get a hold of it. I'm like, oh, we have the one copy. right. And they read it. And the fire's going, and you know, like, ten minutes before that script ends up in that fire, you know ten minutes ahead of time, like, that script's gonna end up in that fire. And so in this scene, there's a fire going, and I'm like, what's gonna get in that fire? And Alex (laughs) P. Keaton pulls out all the newspaper clippings of his uncle's successes that he keeps in his wallet as inspiration. Right. Which I was like, that is intense. (laughs) I think people used to do that before they had stickies on their computers. Oh, really? I don't know. (laughs) I... I don't know. Uh, and then, of yeah. course, Tom Hanks, Ned, like, put, throws all them in the fire. And I was like, there you go. Right. There's, that's the what's thrown in the fire. It was either going to be that or an alcoholic drink, which would have been oh, a disaster. We, boom. <laughs> uh, that, and that scene ends with uh, Tom Hanks hitting Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Well, it, I'd say it climaxes with the, with the punch to the face. Yeah. Know? But then he wisely calls Alcoholics Anonymous. <clears throat> Hi. Yes. Um... Would you be interested in subscribing to the Columbus Express? <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, no. Uh, uh, my name is Ned Donnelly and I have a drinking problem. For the driest ending of an episode I've seen in the long... It just, like, yeah, it my ends. name is Nen, I'm an alcoholic executive producer. Like, whoa! Yeah, no joke at the end. No joke! Um, I will say, I think they hit all the points. I, you could tell they they were very careful in this episode to hit the important points about alcoholism. Yeah. You know, you, Elise's arc is really great in this episode, Elise Keaton's, because yeah. she she's the character who starts out denying he has a problem. And then throughout the course of the day, which, you know, it's a short period of time, but it's a sitcom. So she initially denies he's a problem or she like, uh, she makes an excuse for it. Mm, a lot of oh, excuses. he's stressed out. He drank a lot in college, yeah. but he's fine now. And then very shortly after that, when he, he has another drink at, yeah, at breakfast, she says, should I be worried? And then you could tell she's a little worried, but no, he, he, then it's okay. And then after the interview gets botched, she's more worried. And then of course... When he hits he Alex, punches. which he kind of has to hit Alex. He kind of has to. He has to hit rock bottom. Yeah, he has to do something. In the space of 24 hours. Of like <laughs> In 20 minutes and yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. Like. 
But so that's his rock bottom is punching Alec. And that's another great moment for Michael J. Fox. Do you see the way he, he falls backwards? Yeah. There might have been a mat. He falls between the couch and the coffee table. Yeah. But he does it so, so great. And I remember as a kid watching that and being like, and I loved Michael J. Fox. Yeah. And Alex speaking. I'm surprised you're holding the grudges against Tom Hanks 30 years later. I was so worried (laughs) about him. I was like, God, it looks so real. Um, So, yeah, that's his rock bottom. And then they um, also Stephen um, makes a point to say alcoholism is a disease. Yep. Get that in there. That's important to say. Yeah. Um, They mentioned Alcoholics Anonymous a few times. Yeah. A couple times. So it's it's so I think they did it. I mean, I don't know. What do I know? But it seems to me they did a good job. Yeah. Explaining what it is. Explaining how you need help, how to, what to, what to do. In general, like the larger talk about uh, the very special episode. Watching this, I was wondering, like, okay, you you know, sell a sitcom. You know, you got your comedic cast, you got your great actors. You're like, we're going to make people laugh every week. And I'm wondering, at what point do you, as a showrunner or writing staff, be like, this is the week we're going to go heavy? Yeah, I think they and, used to do it. From what I remember reading, is it was during sweeps week. They would try to do these, maybe not every show, every sweeps week, but I think during sweeps or during, you know, during a week where they wanted more viewers. Because you can Um, really advertise these and get... Yeah. And then Tom Hanks is in it. So yeah, this, this, I don't know if sweeps week is in January, but I guess. Yeah. Tom (laughs) Hanks got kind of an applause break when he enters. Like he enters and has a joke, but it seems like there's... It, there's a feeling of the audience knows who this is. Yeah. Like the audience, 100 percent, like knows this is Tom Hanks. Is right. like happy to see him, yeah. and then they go on this ride with <laughs> yeah. him. Jeez, yeah. And I just, uh, it is, it does fascinate me that because, like, knowing us, like all of our com- comedy writer friends, it's really funny to me to think like. And at some point, we'll get a job on a sitcom, and we'll be entrusted with imparting very important messages about life. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I trust comedy writers to be the people to be like, we're going to talk about molestation this week in a in a smart way. Well, they, they do it such a in a good they, way. They did it on different strokes. Yeah. <laughs> but now, yeah, now it's very dated. It seems that I mean, they they don't, don't really do sitcoms, or I feel like they, they don't do. do I know, like episodes. Blackish had the like police violence episode. Uh, right after a cup like earlier right. this season, and they also had a inaugural or um, election night episode, which I hadn't oh, watched. Okay. And I'm like Carmichael show had like a Bill Cosby episode, so they are yeah. A lot of those are still handling those, but you don't see. I can't think of like a very special Modern Family or even like a right. very special Parks and Rec or Thirty Rock. And I like, think very special implies like a uh, you know a heavy subject and like and dramatic scenes, and I yeah. think sitcoms today kind of already have those all the time. Yeah, and there's there's also an artificiality to the special episode because, you know, the episode ends with Tom Hanks' character calling AA. Yeah. And then we never see him again. We never see him again. That's the last time. Is he time even he... mentioned again? <laughs> like... I, don't, I don't even know if he's mentioned again, but I know he, this was the third and final time yeah. he was ever on Family Ties. And I assume, you know, if you look at his IMDb page, um, split, so this was January 84, Splash... His first starring role comes out in March of 84. And from then on, it's a string of just movies. He's not in another TV show until, I think, 92. He was a guest star in something. Um, But so for eight years after this, just like, he was just movie star Tom Hanks. And... So no I think, need to do anything else. <laughs> maybe, who knows? That I, 
I would imagine they wanted him to come back, but he's probably sure. like, especially after he was like, oh, "Splash, come back, yeah, come, come back, back forever, be regular, <laughs> right?" Because of but that, get that radio I'm job. Sure his agent was like, "No, no you're not gonna go be. He's not." Hanks probably didn't even didn't even know about the uh, yeah. requests. <laughs> but there's even there's all these like Full House is another show where like every episode is a very special episode, and every yeah. episode like DJ makes an old friend who gets Alzheimer's and then goes away. Like there's yeah. Whereas I feel like on modern shows, if characters go through something, they deal with it more or like those characters don't go away as quickly. Right. Uh, it's more, I feel like in modern day sitcoms more, have a more of an ongoing plot. Yeah. Where it's like, it's, it's not just things don't wrap up in 22 minutes and then you move on. Yeah. It's a whole other thing. It's, it's ongoing season arcs. Right. If family ties was know. around now, this episode's occurrences would have taken place over two or three episodes, probably like an episode where he comes back. Next episode is a yeah. job interview. Episode after that is the rock bottom yeah. and then he's gone or something or then, and then he'll come back a couple episodes later. Yeah. It, <laughs> it does feel weird. It does feel dated and weird to have a very serious issue on a sitcom that's wrapped up in one episode. Yeah, a very a complicated one like alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, how many very special episodes did Family Ties do? Well, there was another, I don't know what total, but there was another very famous one later in the series. I forget what season. The show episode, and this might have been a double episode or maybe not. I should have looked it up. But the episode title is A's for Alex. Mm. I think that's the title of it. And I forget, I forget what season it is. I believe he... I want to say he was in college already. Um, so this was later. Um, but a childhood friend of Alex's dies. We don't really know who this character is. It's not yeah. like he hasn't, I don't even think he's been on the show before. <laughs> and we also saw Alex's childhood. Like, we were there. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, like, this Alex wasn't was like Skippy. I had a friend on Twitter. Uh, we were Somehow this subject came up a few weeks ago, and he, he thought it was... Skippy who died in that episode, and I said, "No, no, it's no, it wasn't. <laughs> I know it was some other guy. It was a Gary. It was like his friend Gary. I don't okay. know who Gary is, but clearly Gary meant a lot to Alex. And he find, finds out that he died somehow. Maybe it was drunk driving accident. But it was that was a very dramatic episode because he he has a really hard time dealing with yeah. it. So it's Alex dealing with death, and I believe he won. I want to say he won an Emmy for that episode. That's also interesting that." You know, you, you win a comedy acting for the special special episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, where he's maybe not being that funny, but he's just being. Yeah, is that interesting? Really good. He, yeah, he's winning the best uh, comedic performance. Yeah, because it's it's also weird that they it's it's just interesting that they do them because you turn to sitcoms for escapism or yeah. you know to to like get your mind off of it. So it mm-hmm. is really interesting when when they're like, no, you're not escaping. Right, you're not escaping our real life this right. week. And then maybe that's. Maybe that's appealing to people in a way that there's because it's different. Yeah. You know, it changes it up. And then also it does still wrap up everything in a half hour. And this one didn't feel like Full House 100% always feels manipulative and gross and bad. It's (laughs) not a good show. I still like really enjoy it. We're definitely going to do it on this (laughs) show at some point. Uh, Matt Little wanted to pick Full House, but I was like, the first episode of the show is not going to be Full House. Right. We're not starting off this podcast. Wait a few months into the podcast. Oof. Uh, (laughs) But this did not feel as feel cheap or manipulative and I, I definitely because of the performances of yeah. Hanks and 
fast. Yeah, I think their writing was pretty smart in this. I think they knew when to put jokes in. Yeah. They didn't, it didn't feel, they didn't feel like they needed to constantly bombard you with jokes. Yeah. But yes, during the dramatic stretches, you know, you get the sense of like, okay, there should be a joke soon. And then, and then there is one and you're like, thank God. Like, yeah. Like they know where to pepper <laughs> the jokes, but no, it's really, the show is, you know, it's pretty smart, uh, smart writing. I think they handled it really well. Without us. I do have some trivia about the episode, oh. which we've already discussed some trivia, but yeah. basically just, uh, so on, it's hard to find up like episode by episode ratings of shows that are in the early eighties or before, mm-hmm. but on average season two had 16 million viewers an episode, which is pretty good. Mm. Uh, that's that is a massive hit for today's standards. <laughs> that is, it is right. Yeah. And the crazy yeah. thing is, it was ranked number forty three for the season, which I feel like the I guess the show got higher in the ratings it, as yes. it went on. After this, I think towards the end of the second season, definitely by the third, it was it became a hit. Yeah, first two seasons wasn't a hit. Yeah, forty three is like fine. The yeah. top five shows of the. 83-84 season were number five, Simon and Simon, mm. number four, The A-Team, three, Dynasty, two, 60 Minutes, and number one, Dallas. Right. Was Simon and Simon a sitcom? I don't know anything about Simon and Simon. I don't think so. I no. never watched it, but I want to say it was... Uh, I mean, judging by this, it sounds like it's an hour-long procedural drama. I'm going to say it's an hour-long like crime drama thing. about... Soap opera. About, I'm going to say it's about um, a married <laughs> couple... Their, their last oh. names are Simon. I'm totally guessing. I, yeah. I might not be right. Uh, I would say Simon and Simon is a father and son working at like a uh, book publishing co- mm, company. No, I think I had like more. I think there's more crime. <laughs> I know, but I they're also detectives that. and solve book crimes. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're all dramas <laughs> except for in 60 Minutes. Yeah, it's like Dallas and Dynasty in the top five. And also the A Team. That's such a snapshot of. Yeah. 1984, like, specifically. Yeah. Because a couple years from 1984, it's, you know, Cheers, Roseanne, Cosby Show. Yeah. Like, it swings heavily towards sitcoms and away yep. from these. Yeah. Uh, the IMDb rating for this episode, 71 users rated this episode a 7.8. Hmm. Would you say that is about right, or would you say it's it's better than that or worse than that? If I were to rate it? Yeah. T- no, I would, I mean, I'd probably give it an 8. Okay. I don't know, eight, eight or nine. I would say eight or nine. I don't know if it was, I would say it was perfect, but I think it was high up there. I mean, that's why I wanted to do it. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's, it is also, I think it is, I think it's harder to rate the special episodes too, because you're kind of judging them against what the other, the other shows, special episodes. Yeah, it's hard because you're not, it's hard to judge what is your this criteria? against a normal episode. Cause it's like, it's not as funny as other episodes, I'm right. sure. But it's important. But it's important. And, and it's, it's still memorable. like, Really well acted. Right. right. Uh, speaking of well acted, uh, out of everyone in the episode, who would you say has the must see performance? Who, who turns in the best performance in this episode? If you had to name someone the MVP, um, well, I guess Tom Hanks. <laughs> I you mean out of everybody's? In yeah, him? yeah. I I would I would agree. Tom Hanks. I mean, of course, Michael J. Fox is also great. He's, you know, he's um. What's the word? Comple- what's the word when something's completely necessary? <laughs> He's essential. He is, yeah, I think he is essential. The show. I don't like, know why I was searching for essential. Uh, yes, Fox is essential in this. He's you know everything he does is great, but um, but I mean I I think Hanks was really perfectly cast because I I realized that with any other well, any other actor with a lot of other actors it would be really hard to balance 
the the weight. Oh yeah, the weight and the lightness. You yeah. need both. You, you can't have a, a a guy playing Ned who's like completely terrifying. No, and without that light comedic touch, and then you can't have somebody who's just jokey the whole time. You have to have somebody who can do both. And that's Tom really Hanks hard. I mean, perfect. how heavy was that FBI stakeout embezzlement two parter? Was is it also super dramatic? I think so. I can't remember. I don't think it was like a special episode necessarily. It was probably um, funnier than that, but I can't remember. I should have rewatched it. Yeah, I'm, I am interested in seeing but, that now. Yeah, I can't think of any other. I mean, it shows you how great Tom Hanks is. Because the other thing that I think is interesting about sitcoms is every now and then they will get movie stars to come in and like right. be in an episode. I'm thinking specifically of the Brad Pitt Friends Thanksgiving episode. Right. And you watch that episode and you realize, oh, Brad Pitt is not funny. Brad Pitt yeah. has really bad comedic timing. Uh is very hammy and doesn't. It didn't seem natural to him. No, this it seemed very weird. And maybe partly because he is movie star Brad Pitt. Yeah, I'm like oh, he's Rachel's husband in real life. Oh. Yeah. So you but, yeah. there's a you you recognize like comedy is stealthily really hard, mm-hmm. really like the great people make it look so easy. Like the cast yeah. of Friends makes it super easy. Like yeah. Jennifer Aniston is great. Yeah. But then, like, and, like, Brad Pitt is a great actor. Like, I like him in a lot of movies. But when yeah. you put him in a sitcom, yeah. that's why, like, sitcoms deserve respect, because it is a very, very specific talent set. And I do think, like, everyone else yeah. in this, sh- everyone in this episode totally has it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Stephen Keaton doesn't have many lines, but he nails every line he has. He's so, his timing is so great. Michael yeah. Gross. Um, and, and, of course, you know, um, Meredith Baxter is great. And then, you know, um... Justin Bateman and Tina Yothers don't have that much to do, but they, they're they great. And what, you know, everybody is great yeah. with what they have to work with in and, this episode. And Tom Hanks can do all of it. <laughs> yeah. It's really an example of just yeah. watch this and then watch Saving Private Ryan back to back to see right. the extremes of his talent. Yeah. Because he did in this episode, he did have to be, he had to be very scary during some yeah. scenes. And then he had to be really funny also, like two seconds later. There are moments where I, you can see. Both him and Michael J. Fox, like, when Tom Hanks, I think it's right after Alex first accuses him of being an alcoholic, mm-hmm. you can see Ned's brain working. Like, you can see, and you know, like, the way that he moves, the way he looks around, the way he, like, sits back down and, like, picks up another drink of something that isn't even a liquid or whatever. Yeah. There's a darkness there, and yeah. it's really, and there's also, after Alex gets hit, I don't think that Alex has any more lines after that, but there's so much acting being done by Michael J. Fox. Just the way yeah. that he's holding his head or yeah. like he looks leaning like back he on the really, couch. That's why as a kid, I was like, oh my God, he really hurt him. Yeah, it's really <laughs> effective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's again, like it's really dramatic and really, really well the done. The show is perfectly cast. I really th- think the sh- Family Ties was so perfectly cast and, it, and I think it came along at the exact right time yeah. in history it started in 82 and remember reagan was elected in 80 so we just it was like just the beginning of things were cha- the reagan like changing years like, yeah it really encapsulates all that yeah i'm trying to think if there were any family were there any family sitcoms like this before family ties because i'm very familiar with like the 90s ones like family matters full house like right. all those guys uh, like I can definitely see where Full House is pulling from Family Ties, right. especially this episode, but doing it 
not well. Like, yeah. Doing it on a very surface level. Well, in the 80s, so I grew up watching this Cosby show, which I want to say that was like 84. Yeah, I think, I think that was after. after. Silver Spoons, which again, might have been 83, 84. That was, I don't know if that, you'd say that was family, even though there was a kid in that. But Silver Spoons... Um, Facts of Life. Okay, yeah. Which, again, I don't know if you'd say that was a family, sort of a family uh, sitcom, even though they like weren't tra- related. Yeah, it's not like traditional. But they had children. Yeah. Um, and before this, really, what else? I watched Happy Days. Oh, yeah. Didn't have kids, though. I mean, the 70s, which is what I'm super, I love the 70s. I mean, the 70s is basically like the Norman Lear branch and the MTM branch. So you have the very, like, socially progressive, All the family. aggressively political mm-hmm. family stuff. Or you have yeah. the workplace as surrogate family kind of off-center, a little yeah. bit kookier, uh, straight-laced stuff. Like yeah. Mary Tyler Moore and Bob Newhart, WKRP, yeah. stuff like that. But I'm trying to think of a sitcom that had kid, like a family sitcom that had children in it before Family Ties or in those years immediately before it. Yeah, I, I mean, mean there was a bunch in the 50s and right. 60s, but then, well, and there was also, I mean, the great arc of sitcoms is like they got super rural in the late 60s with oh, Green yeah. Acres and Petticoat Junction yeah. and Beverly Hillbillies and the success of Mary Tyler Moore in 70 like, just canceled all those shows immediately and the switch was kind of overnight from... Interesting rural to urban and that's what the 70s was and so family ties kind of seems like it might be a response to the 70s in a way interesting yeah with the new era of things coming because that was very um and all the sitcom all the family sitcoms were like middle class neighborhood in some nondescript town that we never see where's this set this is ohio i don't know what town it is though family ties is set in ohio just you know middle class yeah i had no idea but i was like oh yeah it's not new york yeah i forget the name of the town but um i don't uh, yeah i don't remember but um yeah that's interesting that's an interesting theory yeah, I need to yeah. research more of that. Uh, would you say that this is a must-see episode for people if they haven't seen it? Yes, but I would I definitely, if people have never seen an episode of Family Ties, this would be a weird one to start yeah, with. Yeah, like myself. Um, <laughs> I've watched a couple. I, I think. Yeah, watch a few of the season, you know, season one, watch a few funny ones. Yeah. First. And yeah, I would say, if you're a Tom Hanks fan and are not familiar with his oh, sitcom yeah. career, which he had an extensive one, actually, I, I noticed yeah. just lately looking at his IMDb, I was surprised that Bosom Buddies lasted 37 or so episodes. Oh, yeah. Across was, a couple seasons. 80 to 82? Yeah. Was it like two, two or three seasons? I feel like it was like, yeah, something like mm-hmm. that. I didn't... Probably two. But that's also that's crazy that premise, which is super thin. I <laughs> just, cannot imagine <laughs> that premise happening today no not even working today but i can't imagine it being green greenlit didn't they greenlighted didn't they try to reboot bosom buddies a couple years ago and it didn't might not have gotten to pilot but i feel like i don't remember uh, it would never ever happen something and by the way i for anyone listening i'm I'm assuming people who listen to this would know but it's such a punchline two guys tom hanks and peter scolari two guys who can't find any jobs i guess (laughs) and so they're, I guess they're. I guess for. I don't remember why. I guess for some reason they think, oh, if we dress up and look like women, we can easily get jobs. Yeah. So then they do, and then they what? What do they become? Secretary? Yes. Or, I don't know. And then they <laughs> so just like. Bad. And then at work, they're just. That's what people yeah. think they're women. Yeah. And like they don't pass as women at all. But it, this, it, also this the premise would never work. Preposterous idea that like it's so hard for men to get jobs. Yeah. Like what do I, I? And again, I don't remember. I didn't really watch Boys and Buddies much, but I don't remember like what, I don't even know what kind of jobs they were looking for, yeah. what they couldn't get, or I don't know why it's it was so. Yeah, two white, two white men in their twenties having Good trouble. Good looking. Like, yeah. 
charismatic. Having so much trouble that they have to like completely <laughs> upend their lives and pretend to be completely different. That's so genders. crazy. That's how Tom Hanks started his career. Um, you anyone yeah. can do anything. If Tom Hanks went from from, from bosom buddies to where he is now, yeah, anyone can. But yeah, I think this is a must see episode if you just want to see that era of Tom Hanks's career. Yeah, where definitely. He's still definitely Tom Hanks. But yeah. You know, he's young. Yeah. Uh, great. So it was so great having you on to, t- to introduce me to Family Ties. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, I've loved learning so much more about it and uh, dipping my toes in the world of family sitcoms. Uh, if people want to talk to you about Michael J. Fox or Family Ties, where can they find you on the internets? Um, I guess Twitter is yeah. the thing to look me up on. <laughs> I'm at Ari Scott. Excellent. Um, I, I am the first... Ari Scott to get the... I try to get all the social media Ari oh, yeah. Scots. Yep. There are other Ari Scots, oh, really? but I try yeah. to get... There are, but yeah. So I, I try just, to do that, too. I just get all the Ari Scots. I, like, have a Peach account, and I don't know, there's something called Mastodon out there right now. <laughs> I got to register, just because I need to be at Brett White everywhere. Right. I did the same thing with Snapchat. I never use it. Yeah. I was like, oh. got to grab I it. I didn't get Brett White on Snapchat. It's probably oh. the rugby player or the male model. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, so... Well, it was a pleasure. I had so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. you. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, Ari Scott, for dropping by and introducing me to Family Ties. Next week, I'll be discussing the Perfect Strangers episode, Tooth or Consequences. It's a weird one. Tooth or Consequences is in Season 5. It's Episode 4 of Season 5 of Perfect Strangers, and you can buy this perfect, perfect Strangers episode on Amazon Prime or in iTunes. Until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Must Have Seen TV. If you like what you've heard, please, please, please rate and review Must Have Seen TV in iTunes. It really helps the show out. And I need some great reviews. And I swear, if you leave a review, I will thank you in the podcast in some way. And if you, <laughs> uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White. You can read all the words that I write about TV and movies at decider.com. You can also check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by the Go Team. Thanks to ACAST for hosting this podcast. And thanks to you for listening. And I'll see you next week on Must Have Seen TV. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 